imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. Hmm? You could say that. I can see it in your eyes. You have the look of a man who accepts what he sees because he is expecting to wake up. Welcome to Team Rabbit Hole edition 249 with a wild Gorshan. It is the Pele Network, a decentralized media ecosystem backed by human interactions and the content creation process, which is what we'll learn all about today. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Welcome. Good to see you guys again. Yeah, Good to see you guys. Here. First time, yeah. I know, it feels like a birth. I'm like, ah, my sense. Hey, last time we were all audio. <laughs> right? I actually kind of preferred that so I could disassociate more easily. Now I'm like, oh, shit, like you guys see how... Got to be present. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not easy. Um, but yeah, something we do on the beginning of these podcasts, as you know, is correspond the numerological resonance, if you want to put it, of the episode number 249, I believe, in this case goes to six, which is the Gemini card. You have a Gemini moon in Chiron. I also do. Uh, 11th house. Um, so the lover's card, I am the gateway to divine love. And it seems like we'll be talking about ways to articulate love as a gateway through the digital world. Um, seeking connection with others, blending opposing ideas into one, making a choice, accepting yourself as you are and giving and receiving freely. Raphael, what angel we got the angel of success and prosperity this angel helps you find true spirituality and gain wisdom protects against health problems accident and keeps the peace and family and counteract the evil of enemies the affirmation goes i recognize that everything is relative to one's viewpoint qualities include emotional mastery perception of unity and great leader citizen of the universe well here we go so Wait, that's Sean. yeah I was like, well yeah all right, we don't have to talk about tarot too much but i'm wondering if there's any sinks for you i mean clearly i can name a few just because of both of our astrology um but what if anything resonated between the lover's card and the angel card you just discussed can you read it again all good <laughs> i mean basically the lovers is like jebedi card yay unity through polarity huzzah i mean you get that uh, yeah, totally. I guess I, uh, I've always kind of intuitively felt like the work I do is some kind of bridge and how that bridge manifests in society is always evolving. But I think I heard opposing ideas and the polarity that definitely resonates, especially in the context of the world today and what people choose to focus on. I find that the I mean, it's a personal task for me. It's probably a task for everyone at some to some degree, but to stay just kind of above all the mess that the ego creates and these potential routes of fear and all this stuff, because uh, that's where the polarity comes from at the end of the day. So to be able to bridge, not simply two opposing sides, but create a bridge that just kind of transcends that kind of conflict 
definitely kind of see myself in there. Yeah, here it says perception of unity. And Jim, you can help me out. The association here is the Six of Swords, which is both Mercury and Aquarius. And I'm pretty sure that's right on topic. But Jim, maybe say one, two sentences. Then we'll get into what it actually is to see if that resonates. Right. And we don't have to hang out in the hangar of magic too much. But I mean, just looking at your chart, you have a um, Mercury. Your Mercury is in Aquarius. So Six of Swords, I didn't know, was corresponding to that. Six of Swords is kind of this like... Um, if I'm not, no, I'm thinking six of wands. Uh, I was going to say, it's like a return home. Uh, I'm forgetting off the top of my head what six of swords is, so I won't really want to speak to that. But bottom line, the lover's card, you're a Gemini moon, I'm a Gemini moon. Uh, the whole point is kind of like uh, the North Node right now, all of our collective karma for everybody right now is collectively in North Node Gemini. So we're needing to move into new ideas. We're needing to be creative and like flip the box, you know, look at the square and flip it around and kind of see if it opens up. Being very much outside the box right now is kind of the point. Um, we're kind of dealing, I guess, with the karma of the past and the momentum of a lot of systems. Um, but many of us are obviously at a point where we understand that our time and our energy and our money or crypto or whatever um, could probably be better utilized to express a world we'd rather be in uh, than just handing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with like golf courses and Cadillacs and all that, but it's like we're kind of getting past that. Right. So I think we're entering into a new era of. Um, like you're saying, bridging the gap. There's there's this uh, difference between ideation and like the mental newosphere, if you want to put it that way, like the ideas, imagination zone, and like what's happening on the ground. And right now, we're starting to have the ability. I think, um, personally, for me, for sure, I just lost my job and got concussed and everything. But everyone, it's like, yo, what's not working? Stop doing that. Um, in the Bible, it talks about like you know, and a fool is like a dog that keeps on eating its own vomit. It's like you don't want to keep doing that. Like there's lessons there, beautiful, but like. I think we're all kind of getting to a point where, especially with outsourced technology kind of in our hands, if you want to put it that way, we don't just have to go to IBM or just Bell Atlantic or, you know, like these conglomerates or whatever. Um, we can kind of do our own thing. So it's time to have fun. Lover's card, creativity. And it seemed like uh, what the angel, I didn't totally remember or focus on what you were saying with that angel because I just not, I'm a Gemini, I'm an ADD as fuck. But um, it seemed like it was saying something about like getting ideas and making prosperity through them, basically. Fuck yeah. All right. So a wild Groshan, let, let us know what it's all about. So you've been, as we already disclosed, you've been on the show before, although in a sense, in a cryptic sense. So anyone will have to discover this for themselves if they do. However, well, kind of let us know. I mean, I looked yeah. at the website. Jim said it takes some time to load on a smartphone because no, 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 it's, it's, it's pretty fancy. Yeah, okay, now it's fast. Good. Okay, good. But it yeah. looks really fancy, the website. Also, the white paper looks really good, but I'm not claiming yet to completely understand what it's all about. So kindly do give us the scoop, especially for anyone Ooh. not having any clue Wait, what's going on. Wait, before you go down into the big pitch, I'm curious about the etymology shift. What's up with the name shift? Mine? Maybe it's just... Oh, yeah. well, it's not that it was ever a shift. I've just had so many pseudonyms over time. It's kind of like how we all play different roles depending on the friend or the community that's perceiving us. And so uh, as Pele Network started to get off the ground, I realized this is who I am and it. It's kind of my artist name, I would say, that sums up my, my creative projections into the world. It's my musician name. My musician name, like on Spotify, was Gorshan. And I'm realizing I need to change it to a wild Gorshan. A Gorshan is, is a being who's whose full goal and motivation in his life is to optimize his liberty and creative freedom in all senses. 
So I'm just a wild one of those. You know, we we all have a Gorshan somewhere inside of us, and I'm just one of them running around. <laughs> the creative trickster, that lover's card. You got it. I mean, you're doing it. I just yeah. want to know. It's like you're wearing a new hat, but it's not a new hat. It's just new to me, basically. Well, it's kind of like, you know, I don't have to... I mean, we are right now to be transparent, but we don't really have to use our real names in this endeavor that we're working on in order to find success because it's no longer part of the whole corporate paradigm. It's really about transparency. And not to say that we need to hide our real names and who we are, but we can act under pseudonymous identities. We can still be our faces. We can still be who we are. And it's not going to make or break our success either financially or socially or whatever it is out there in the world. So case in point, I've been starting these these Pelecasts, we call them. It's gonna be a, a radio show, an online radio show similar to yours. And I interviewed this artist called Dr. Death today. And it's a couple in the UK and they just channel Dr. Death. And it's a really cool character. They sell NFTs all over the place of their comic. They've had tremendous success and they, their whole philosophy, philosophy and their fundamentals of what why they do what they do. It's super on par with a lot of the values we share in here. And I interviewed them this morning and we got into a bunch of a bunch of similar topics as far as identities go. And you know, they their Dr. Death is uh, a character that was summoned, that was ritually summoned, and now they just channel it. And sure enough, they're in the vortex because it's just blowing up. And they're really popular in the Zilica, in the Zilica blockchain NFT space, and they're really great artists. They make music, they do visual art, they, they, host, they host shows, and they're super intelligent and educated, as we discovered today in our call. So I can be a wild Gorshan in this space. I don't have to be, I don't have to be who I am to my family or, or who I was to some job I had. I can just be who I am to, to the system, right? I can just be a wild Gorshan, and I can be an artist, I can be an entrepreneur, I can be whoever I need to be, and it's respected. It's respected by all walks of life, and it's really empowering, and it feels super good, and I really I really like how uh, I finally found the confidence and just the, or rather the confidence just jumped into me, like, this is it, Wild Gorshan. Owning it. It reminds me a little of Gandalf, where it's like, I'm Gandalf the Great of these guys, and the elves call me this, and the, the gods yeah. call me this. It's like, <laughs> you're right. one dude, but like many faces. Very mercurial, very lover's card. Anyway, I didn't want to di uh, divest too much time into that, but I was kind of curious. It's like, yo, clearly it's a thing. Uh, now it's more on the front burner, and I can kind of see your reasoning for that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So yeah, Pele Network is the synthesis of everything I've been working on for, for years. Uh, the beginning of the cryptocurrency stage of it was right around when I met you, Raphael. I think we were at Azora and I was talking about Ethereum to someone and back in the, it was 2016. And yeah, I had this notion, I'm like, yeah, I really want to, you know, build a cryptocurrency for these media collectives, these ecosystems that I envision. And it wasn't time yet. And we spent the last five years turning it into what it is now and the patience really paid off because we've been rewarded with not just, you know, abundance, but with people wanting to join the team, really good people with the Twitter community helping share and getting people getting eyes on it and everyone wanting to talk and get personable on this, on this little podcast live stream thing I started. 
And I'm really, I can really just thrive right now. Everything I want to do, I can do at my own time. And this project is starting to grow legs and starting to develop into a community that will be able to survive without, without me at the helm, which was the whole goal to begin with. I never wanted perception travel or anything to be about me. I wanted it to be about, we need to work together out there to create a media ecosystem that that shares the real authentic and inspiring and empowering stories out there of real people that aren't living in fear because all we have is media, big tech, all we have are algorithms shoving fear down our throat and they know they can trigger us somewhere. There's always a trigger, you know, we're humans. Like no one's immune from a trigger forever. And the, jumping more into social media because I had to do, I had to start marketing this project and getting on Reddit again. It's just like, so much bullshit and toxicity and because I haven't been using anything for so long and I feel so clean. And uh, sure enough, I jump back on and suddenly I'm just bombarded by these internal processes of, of fear of who I am in the world and of just imaginative futures that may never exist, but because it's in front of our eyes and in our perception, you know, we, our ego wants to explore that and get scared and imagine us as the victim and this reality that it, it's creating on its own. <laughs> so it's funny that you say you were talking to Raphael at Azora when uh, Ethereum was kind of kicking off and you were tossing these ideas around because the last time you were on here is when I got my crypto wallet. So I know you have a North node and sun in Pisces eighth house. You are a very, it's almost like a power washer. You're like a transformative water that is going to, cut out the bullshit so it doesn't surprise me that you're like i'm up above it is kind of a weird word but it's like i'm not really a part of all the drama and you're kind of coming in and being like you know what you got some black mold spores over here you know it's like i think that's very much what you're here for i mean you could be here for a lot of things it's not without um, challenge though i hear you oh no it's yeah. not without <laughs> yeah you're, with chiron i've got chiron and gemini so you double think yourself it's really important actually that you were talking about like living in the projections of the fears that we entertain as an ego it's like a novel thing, I guess, right? We're like, ooh, what if the ice caps melted and there's a whatever, you know, like we could go down any number of rabbits. Yeah. Um, but yeah. we entertain these thoughts and the phantasms start getting like hooks in us in a very particular way. And I mean, Reddit is a good example. I've been on there for like 12 years or something crazy. I'm not really on it much because it's so toxic. Um, it, it nowadays, be circle tricky. <laughs> it used to be great. It used to be oh, awesome, right? Great community. Like Bitcoin, yeah. or what is this? this? Like, yeah, yeah, way back in the day. But um, and that was even cutting edge for me. So kind of, I mean, for, we've talked to you before and I don't, we don't have to do a huge recap, but kind of give people an idea of how you decided to get i mean it seems like you were creative and wanting like you were saying at azura kind of mashing around these ideas what made the gestation possible now i mean clearly the wave is here where it's like we had android jones on recently he's all about nfts um it seems i mean on the one hand i could see like it's weird to me so it's, this is a, i'll be honest a lot of what you're discussing and interacting with is beyond my pay grade in a sense it's like i'm not on that wave really tech or otherwise so tell me like i'm five I'll, talk, uh, I'll take you there. Yeah, yeah let's go. Yeah. So uh, this is my role, right? Uh, so essentially, we live in a world that for our, our whole lifetimes, our parents' lifetimes, ostensibly our grandparents' lifetimes, have only known uh, to a really like home, like here in our homes, we've known centralization. We've known governing powers that exist as just a centralized entity. Uh, 
Here in the United States, we do have a, probably the most decentralized government in the world, which is a good thing. At times it's hard to believe, but it was designed to be that way. Uh, yet it still has a lot of issues that any centralized entity will face, uh, primarily human corruption based on greed and the creativity to find little spaces to exploit. So uh, we see that all over society. And this is what the decentralized revolution is. Uh, from the perspective of NFTs, anyone now from anywhere in the world can simply make an NFT. And if someone will buy it anywhere else in the world, then they can make some money despite any kind of, what are the words, uh, regulations or uh, embargoes. Uh, borders, basically. So my company could theoretically hire someone in France and bypass all their HR laws and pay them in crypto. And that person otherwise wouldn't be able to take a job with an American company because the American company would be like, we don't want to deal with all your bureaucracy and paperwork just to hire you. Like, sorry, we'll find talent elsewhere. So, and then meanwhile, that person in France wouldn't be able to take a job that they probably really want, right? So instead, people can work you know, without borders, people can send money, people can play games and earn money just by playing these games, like people in Vietnam playing this Axis Infinity game and earning tokens and making more than the average pay grade just by playing this game. Like, it's crazy. Uh, and it's all because I, the metaphor I like to use is we're learning as humans that we can just generate abundance out of thin air. And so now this is abundance that we're able to transmute into some kind of wealth, something that we can spend, right? Something that we can bring into the real world, thanks to essentially what an artificial stock market and global economy created in the last few hundred years uh, that eventually just got more and more corrupted to the point where now they just print more money and it's a hidden tax on those of us using the fiat currency and we don't even realize it and things go up in, in price, but our, our pay doesn't go up. And that's all thanks to the, the inherent potential for corruption in centralized systems. So something like Bitcoin revolutionizes that system because it's completely decentralized. So even if the same rich people poured over all their wealth from dollars to Bitcoin, there's no more corrupting that system. They can't print more Bitcoin and give it to the, their buddies just because they can get the public to believe in it. So that's a huge, huge thing for the world that a lot of the world doesn't even understand yet the the power of what bitcoin will mean soon and it's going it's going to have its rocky phases obviously the regulators going to try to regulate and there's always going to be this 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 kind of fight and i think it's happening hugely in in media and the manipulation of i don't want to say manipulation of facts but the manipulation Perception. of of perceptions yeah. through these yeah. fear triggers and so just to put a lid on this introduction, basically, we're going to use that technology, the same stuff that's behind Bitcoin. Essentially, the next generation of cryptocurrencies was smart contracts. So you can create decentralized applications on top of these blockchains that cannot be shut down, cannot be censored because they're existing everywhere on different nodes at all times. So Pele Network is meant to be an application that plays on top of a smart contract open blockchain that will essentially act as an ecosystem for anyone to create a piece of media, a piece of content, doesn't matter what it is, by working together, uh, by rewarding one another, by investing, by speculating in each other, and grounding all of that value in a real piece of content that, as we know, is king in today's world. Content generates 
a lot, a lot, a lot of revenue. So in a nutshell, Pele Network is a cryptocurrency backed by backed by media and the interactions that are required to make it. Now, that's a very complicated topic. We can keep going, but I'll stop talking for, for a moment. Very succinct. I followed as much as I could, given my basic ass self. Um, I'm just like, it's funny because it's like the same way we look at Nokia phones. We're like, like, you know, there's memes about that. It's like, oh my God, this survives everything. It's a fossil. I think at some point, certain even cryptos will be like that. Like MySpace turns into Facebook turns into this. So this, the next iteration of where we're going, this makes a lot of sense to me. Like this doesn't seem counter. And I mean, I guess how would I put it? It seems, uh, I think Victor Hugo is like, you know, if an idea is right for the time, nothing could stop it kind of thing like that. It's like, this is the time for these ideas. Maybe at Azora, you were birthing these ideas and conjecturing and stuff, but it seems like the roots have taken. The seed isn't germinating anymore. It's like the roots are taking in. Um, and now I don't know how long that process might look over, you know, economic quarters or whatever, but uh, whether it's, a, the you know, the new age hipsters or whatever, it, we're all kind of trying to empower ourselves creatively in a new way. Um and this seems to be a very, uh, I'm sure Rafael has some thoughts because we've been talking all the time. He's like, let's put a, you know, Bitcoin thing so people can donate. I mean, in a sense, this makes it so we don't have to do that. Uh, this kind of, like you were saying, puts a top layer on and creates both a terrarium of community, it seems. So kind of like a Reddit type thing or whatever like that, where it's like like minds kind of sharing in the space, sharing in the group. Uh, but at the same time, there's a underneath it um, a revolutionary mechanism of decentralization. Like you're saying, like we don't have to deal with the Epstein Islands as much anymore because uh, maybe the tech in a weird way is a form of salvation. Although even the term blockchain to me in linguistic terms feels a little Orwellian, but I'll stop rambling. Um, Raphael, is there anything you want to say to what he said? And we can keep whipping the horse forward. Well, basically, I just like to know. So the way I understand it, it is uh, based on NFTs, as you mentioned, and there is also like some kind of an inbuilt profit sharing mechanism. So it's almost like <laughs> maybe I'm putting this wrong, but any piece of content can become an ICO in a sense. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of. Except you wouldn't do an ICO. That's not what that's not what the kids do these days, Raphael. Yeah, uh, they do school, ideas. Yeah. They do ideas, which. Which we actually had a, we wanted to do an IDEO that we called initial donation offering way back when we were a nonprofit trying to do this. But it never really made sense. An IDEO now is an initial DEX offering, which stands for a decentralized exchange. So what you do is you never sell a token. You just put a bunch of tokens in a liquidity pool along with a more liquid token. So in our case, we're using Zillica blockchain. Zillica, Zill, is the liquid the liquid currency because you can sell that for dollars or for Bitcoin and thousands and thousands of people use it. And then our token, the Pele token would go into that liquidity pool along with however much Zill we want to put in. And then anyone that wants to get Pele tokens so they can use the platform can go ahead in there and just swap them out. So we're never actually selling a token. And it's, it's really amazing because you know, the SEC and all the regulators are going after these companies selling tokens. And that's kind of what happened in 2017. But the last couple of years, the big hype is these IDOs, initial decks offering, because you're never actually selling a token. And there's actually not any kind of uh, regulation or laws that that even really cover this, to my knowledge. So we're talking to an attorney uh, next week that's experts in this field. 
but uh, basically we won't, we wouldn't be the first to do something like this, but this is the next big wave. And it's just an example of how, you know, human freedom and ingenuity will always, you know, be one step ahead. And these decentralized systems are evolving so fast and there's so much money. There's so much money going into this. There's no stopping it. The train has left the station and it's a fucking steamboat, like cruise, like it's, well, I guess it's kind of like the wild west. I mean, like, Okay, go on to the West Coast, guys. I get some point, like, they're like, Manifest Destiny, it seems like the digital, because mm. I'm always like, what's to, left to explore? We can't all go to Mars right now. I guess we can do psychedelics and go in or whatever, but, like, or Astral Project or whatever, but it seems like, in a weird way, this is the new frontier. Um, like you're saying, like, there's no... 100%. Um, which is interesting, because I'm just sitting here kind of, like, on the East Coast being like, well, do I pack up the kids and do the Oregon Trail? And what do I do? Like, I'm not really sure... It's so Greek to me, but anyway, keep going. Well, so I mean, I would just say in a, in a time like this, it's really hard to decide like physically what to do. You know, we have Italian passports now. So like, Oh, maybe we'll just move to Europe. And then I realized like, no, uh, there's actually nowhere I'd rather live right now. Like just kind of buckling up and seeing what happens. But basically in the cryptocurrency revolution, whatever is going to eventually it's already starting to transform the real world too. El Salvador uh, making Bitcoin a legal tender. You're going to have more smart cities and more smart countries. Uh, the Taliban just said they're going to open up Afghanistan for crypto entrepreneurs. Like, so it, it's 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 crazy, but this is the wave of the future. And so that's why it's kind of funny when you see these ancient antiquated governments trying to regulate something that A, they don't understand and B, because they don't understand it, they just will never succeed no matter how hard they try. And so it, it's really interesting to watch that. And it's also a good thing to watch because there's still humans in those offices. And I think all those humans still have like good intentions. I don't think I don't think many people working in government truly have bad intentions. And whether that's uh, the human mind's ability to just like justify whatever you want to do or the fact that you know people do work for government because they believe in it and they believe that it's an important like public service type of thing. So I will. I don't want to bash regulators like too hard, uh, like I guess some people in the crypto community would. But anyway, we've we've you know we've had our backs up against the wall a little bit because we've needed to find funding, right? That's a really important thing. But we've been super careful. You can't just sell a token and say, hey, you'll make a bunch of money if you buy this token. Like that's illegal. Like we can't do that. It, if you're selling to American investors. And if you do say that, you got to register it as a security. And we're not sure we want to do that. Then half the time you have to get everyone's information and keep it in a database that could be hacked. And then, you know, everyone loses their privacy. So we, we've based on like morals and then also on just the legality of things, we've, it's been kind of tough to figure out how to legally make this happen, but we figured it out. And we're wrapping up the loose ends. And hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're going to start seeing some serious movement here. But what we released uh, about a month ago in the middle of June was just the vision. So I put a bunch of money into that website designed by a, by a fellow Austrian that I'm sure you're friends with. And uh, he did a fantastic job. And then a friend in Paris did all the illustrations and made this universe. And then I found a friend in New York who does animation. And then a friend of mine and I used some ether gains because we bought Ethereum years and years ago. So we're like, hey, this is it, like make or break. Like a saying in the space is don't just cash out to be rich, like 
invest, like reinvest back into this Pay technology. It forward, basically. Yeah. yeah, and build, build with it. So we're like, let's do that. And at the end of the day, do you want to have a bunch of money in the bank and buy a house, or do you want to do you want to have a business that will be there for your kids, right? Like, do you want to be part of something that that can be generating revenue for a long time. So it is a little different looking at a business in the decentralized space because it doesn't work as a traditional business. It's, it's quite different. But what Pele Network is from an entity standpoint is a DAO, a decentralized autonomous organization. So everything we're looking to build, it makes it so anyone that owns one of these tokens is automatically able to help govern the whole ecosystem. So we're talking about an ecosystem that can have apps for journalism, apps for podcasting, apps for anything that requires community collaboration to make media, uh, whether that's funding it or actually producing it. We'll have a whole suite of tools for anyone at any stage to be able to get a project made. And we have this internal mechanism, which Raphael noted, called the PFT. Now this is a new term that we're making up project fungible token. And what happens is you make a project and you make a hundred, there's automatically a hundred PFTs sliced for your project. So it's like a mini cryptocurrency. And then you just offer them to your patrons. You can give them to your editors or whoever's working with you. You can sell them uh, to raise money for your project. You can do whatever you want. You can keep them. And then the idea is then as you're going, making your project, you try to hype them up. You say, hey, I'm having a raffle and I'm, off, I'm auctioning off my own new NFT. And you know, in order to, to potentially win this, you have to own one of the PFTs for my project. So suddenly there's a mad scramble, maybe not a mad scramble, it depends on the creator, but suddenly, suddenly people wanna buy this token because there's a reason to have it. Or maybe it's a ticket to a party. It's an internal maybe, incentivization. I mean, it's kind of like you're at the party, but like that's where they're doing all the drugs back in that room. And you can only go in there if you know the guy. Kind of. Yeah. Like, that's so, a weird way to put it. But, so yeah. it's a pool of 100 that basically, because this is all about community building from the very core. So basically, if I were to make a video and I'm building a brand and I, I get a bunch of people to buy the PFT and work with me and this and that. And then I say, I'm having a party. You have to have a PFT to come. And by that stage, I've been I've been making a scene on Twitter and people are like, wow, cool. I want to go to that party. So people that wouldn't have bought the PFT at $5, but now suddenly buy it at $20. So then the people that did buy it at $5 can get their money back, for example. So then you just keep doing marketing activities and hyping it up. And then when you know you dry up and everyone's like, okay, then you know, you're done. But essentially you have a deadline. And then when the project is over, then you have an agreement with the people that own your tokens. So if they went to the party, then they have to burn the PFT when they go to the party. It's gone now. Now there's only 99. And at the stage in the end, the, the creator decides, okay, if you're still holding one, you're gonna get a 1% revenue share in this video on YouTube uh, if they decide to go that route. Or they say, if you're holding one, I'm gonna mint you a badge for my brand for my creator community. And if you have that badge, you're always gonna be a little higher on the list when I'm looking for people to, to help out. Or if you have 10 of these PFTs by the end of it, you're gonna have an even heavier badge. So it's really gonna depend on the audience and the community of the creator to see what, what is more valuable to each person. But we're at a stage in society and life, and especially as more and more people are just gaining so much, gaining gains, from cryptocurrency, where it's not always about an ROI in money. Sometimes your return on investment is more about reputation 
is more about getting closer to meeting my my the influencer, <laughs> meeting the person that's hosting the content. And in order for them to get closer, the user to get closer to that celebrity, they have to just get more badges. And so they might have to put some money in. They might be able to make the money back and get badges. But this is all just a way to incentivize community participation within the realm of content creation. Raphael, the, the thing that came to mind, and I, I well, how would I put it? Uh, this reminds me of a, not totally, because I just don't understand it. I think this is where, in a sense, there's like, I think you're hippie enough, because I know your chart and stuff, and we've talked, that it's like, I think you have visions for what life should be, but we're not in an ideal place, so we're kind of trying to crawl to there, in a sense, and this would be a stage in the evolution of crawling to there. Like, it'd be great one day to not even, you know, I guess, in some weird way, I don't know if money just disappears, but like, seems value exchange is always a thing um in a metabolic toroid or whatever you want to call this life and the thing that came to mind though and i'm not trying to be a, like a snarky bitch um it is the lover's card i could be a gemini i was like is this like digital indulgences of the church where it's like yeah we'll give you a blessing uh but you gotta pay a little in that comfort like how do you um how could i'm not even accusing you of that but that's the thing that came to mind how do you look at what i'm saying and then you can tell me to shut the fuck up if that's totally off um and then Raphael, if you have anything to say clearly Yeah, go ahead. I was unsure about the question, actually. Uh, well, I, I see the, um, in a sense, this feels almost like, uh, oh, it's just weird. Well, it's, one, it's thing that it, one thing that it is, I would say some sense in terms of earning badges or whatever, whether it's in some kind of games with achievements or whether it's on forums with, you know, your five star because you posted like so much. Karma, this is whatever, not an yeah. entirely new concept. The interesting thing is that now everyone can tie it to their own creative project for themselves and have like their ownership of it because these systems exist already anyways the one question i would have is if there is some aspect of i'm not sure i think i'm thinking of artificial scarcity which may go along the routes of what jim just said in terms of an imperfect world but how at least do you use these tools in the most positive way that is acceptable right now because ultimately one could even say why even care about this type of social standing if i have the badge or not at the same time, just like you mentioned, because many people are making lots of gains and potentially have more than they really need, I'm super happy if they support all the create creators and just buy their NFT, even though for me, I mean, for me individually, I really don't see the point in it. But that doesn't mean that it's not a you know great concept. And uh, already many people engage in that activity. The only difference would be that this activity would be heavily decentralized and actually support independent creators. That's how I see it. That's the huge part. And I mean, for me, what's really important, not just as a creator, but someone that wants to support other creators and not just support like with money, but I like to work with people. I love working with people. Um, you know, just as a user, the interface will be fairly social, but in like a cryptocurrency sense. So, you know, you'll see prices everywhere and it'll be like an exchange, but there'll still be, you know, chats, there'll still be human faces on there and badges and it'll be, it'll feel like you're in a real community. And I think that is going to have a lot of pull. I think in some cases for our society, maybe even more pull than the money. And like you said, the artificial scarcity yeah. factor. Yeah. So in a sense, I was saying that this could, it would even make it or create a new, basically you're creating marketplaces. You know, I'm thinking of Odyssey who also get heavily attacked in library. And what did they do? They created a marketplace with the namespace, which they have, you know, 
And, you know, why not? And definitely it's a superior system to what YouTube could ever offer, you know, whether in terms of content, interactions or anything like that. And maybe and the best part, yeah. the best part is Pele is meant to just be a protocol. It's not for distributing content. It's not for showing content. It's only for collaborating and working. Like you'll probably never see a video on the site. Like that's the best part. And people can still use Odyssey and YouTube. You can use whatever you want. We want to encourage autonomous content platforms. You know, we'll make a we'll make a plugin for PeerTube. We'll make a plug a browser plugin for Odyssey, browser plugin for YouTube, and so it'll automatically connect to that creator's PFTs for sale or to donate or whatever whatever the action might be. It'll be completely plug and playable with the existing internet. We don't want to take away people's freedom to choose where they put their videos. You know, people like YouTube. So be it. Let them like YouTube. I think it's, you know, the devil oh, itself. Sure. But so then maybe let me. Almost... Raphael feels the same way. I'm like, what? I have. Yeah. See, I'm so stupid and ignorant. I'm like, I don't. I mean, I guess by I now, the shift is happening. Here Anyways, yeah, you know, Raphael, everyone exactly. watch, watch on Library and Odyssey, which anyhow, if you're watching, you're already doing. So props, you know, better content here anyhow. Um, but then to be very practical and maybe give a good example to anyone who's like, oh, maybe this is interesting for me. I was just saying I would never buy an NFT. Maybe I'm about to re revert my statement because why not? You know, if it's uh, if you want to support someone or collaborate with someone and especially you can get the whole supply chain, you can get every link and anything you don't have, you can kind of plug into it. However, then very practically, for example, for this present podcast, how would we use Pella Network? Also, I'd like to give oh. an example practically so anyone can can easily relate. I mean, the only thing I can think of immediately would be like to find a producer or an IT guy, right? Like a, whatever role you need filled, essentially. No, this you sounds might like not, actually perfect in a lot of ways. Because I'm always like, you might not need anyone. Right? You <laughs> might not need anyone. And you might have to figure out a plan, you know, a business plan. You might need to figure out how this can be incentivized and how to make money. And it's not a one-stop, it's not a one-shop stop for everyone. It might not be for you guys. The point is, is to offer these tools that will help you not only create projects, but get get some eyes behind them. And so far, the way how tribal crypto, how tribal crypto communities are, there's been a lot of support and we've only put the vision up there. Now, we have a platform that's only almost functional. It's not a decentralized platform, but it's a beta and once that beta is live, then the Pele token will be live. You can buy them on the site. We're going to be giving them out like crazy, so people use, so people use it. But but it's nowhere near decentralized right now because we don't know what people are going to want to use this for more than anything. That's the real thing. So we have this vision to make an ecosystem where people are free of big tube. That's our villain, free of big tube working together, removing the crown from content because Hollywood just shoved it down our throat for the last hundred years that we're supposed to be passive consumers and content is king. That's not who we are as humans. We're meant to be creative. We're meant to work together. We dance, we sing together. There was no such thing as a pop song or something on the radio. It, everyone just knew the same songs, folk songs, and you'd sing them together right around the fire or what have you. And that was just taken away from us by centralized hierarchies, by big two. And so we really want to put that value back out into the world. Like, hey, creativity shouldn't be used just to make money and just to you know dominate YouTube and help YouTube make more money. No, we can use these. We can use it to solve problems, to share information, to enlighten perception. 
I mean, in whatever way you would think of it, of course, first thing comes to mind ad revenue, which is not probably even necessarily included in your model, but just imagining all the money that goes into YouTube in, the, in their case for revenue, actually, let's say 95% or whatever going to the actual creators, you know, what, what a different uh, revenue share model that would be and how much more right. money people and would have rather than big tech. Yeah? Same with and Facebook, on YouTube, all of those. And on YouTube and Facebook, you're actually sacrificing the privacy of your viewers. Like they harvest all the viewers data and they take all that, they sell it, they make all this money from it. That's kind of beyond, I mean, sure, they use that data to put the right ads in front of your viewers, which I guess you do see a piece of, but it's just disrespectful. Like it's violating like that whole, it's all, yeah. I mean, you're on Odyssey, you get it. I've been porting everything over to Odyssey. I was using YouTube because it's simple. My Odyssey account still won't let me stream because I'm not verified enough or something. I'll figure it out. But, but you know, yeah, I have no intention of keeping, keeping a lock on the viewers by having to use YouTube. And the, the problem is this, this problem isn't widespread enough to people. A lot of people still, even in the crypto space, even people that are into our project don't even realize how big of an issue it is to always be using Twitter and using, using YouTube just because it's easier. So it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think with time, it'll be, it'll be more in the public consciousness. Yeah. I'm enjoying listening to the uh, scales behind you because it's like, yes, I think there's a flower sprouting here. I'm not, I mean, it's funny yeah. because I know there's a lot of things I can never do. I'm I mean, with Raphael. I mean, you're probably very similar because you have a 11th house moon, but it's like, dude, Jim Henson, Disney, these guys like had an idea, got the right people around them and look at all the good potentially that could come out of that. I'm not going to now everyone it. can do it with Pele Network. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, Jim like Henson my, and my all them. Get imagine, over. imagine if it was just friends and friends and friends funding to bring Jim Henson to the world instead of just a big studio. That's what the issue is. These I mean, big that's kind of where the Grateful Dead got big, right? It's like a bunch of friends of friends of friends kept coming to the shows. And that's why the Grateful Dead is legit, right? Yeah. <laughs> the community is always legit. And, uh, yeah, so that's how we're taking this from the ground up. Even our core team is just friends and friends and friends. And we all contribute to make this happen. And at the end of the day, like going back to the regulations and stuff, there's really no, there's nothing we're doing that has anything to do with breaking regulations. Now, whether or not regulators would see it that way, I don't know. But we really are just aiming to build a decentralized community that does media together and distributing those tokens uh, in the most effective manner possible to make sure because essentially if you have a token if you have the tokens you're contributing to the network so we don't want to give tokens to people that aren't doing shit, even if they want to buy them for a bunch of money this isn't about money this is about the ecosystem so here in the beginning we're we're making sure that everyone that gets these tokens in the short and long term are all going to be cr contributors to this network that want to see its success now it just so happens in this world that financial incentives or the the idea of a future gain is is very powerful but i actually am very proud to say most of our team is here because they really believe in this vision and the last thing i want to say because it's not the third time i keep meaning to say it we got this site up we figured out how to present the vision we made a white paper put a lot of money into it and there was nothing left no more money i was running out of hope 
you know, I had quit caffeine and I've been a few weeks and I was and it was like the final phase of the moon where I always get depressed anyway, uh, as I like process through everything that happened, getting ready for a rebirth. And uh, so I finally just put it out there and like the official Zilliqa blockchain people retweeted us that night. Like it was crazy, like tons of followers there. And then the next day they were emailing me and the next day I had one of their team on my podcast as one of the first episodes. So I don't know what I'm doing, you know, live streaming it. And it's just resonated so strongly. And now, like I keep saying, it's been able to start growing what I would like to leave on its own. I mean, obviously I'm playing a big role in that, but there's people saying, look, I'm really close to being able to retire thanks to Bitcoin. I really like Pele. I want to be a part of this. Uh, maybe we can turn it into a full-time thing one day, but for now, like, what do you need done? Like, that's the kind of people this is attracting. And it's really, it makes me shiver. This is everything, like, I've not only wanted for my personal life to, like, feel like I'm connecting with people and doing something healthy, but this is exactly the intention of the whole project. <laughs> I actually think it's a beautiful midwife for what we're doing in a sense, Rafael, because, I mean, we've got ideas, but I didn't know how to implement them. Like, I never thought, of, let's do a podcast. Rafael, one day, between our, my acid ramblings and his advice through Bashar or whatever, it's like, let's do this. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And here we are now. So in, sen in a sense, it feels like a creative, a creative utopianism behind it more, which is, I think, I'm attracted to clearly. I'm not even hating that there's financial incentive and stuff. That's what I was kind of saying. It's like, you know, to get to Mars, you have to have a bicycle, which you got from the crib. For, it's like it's a process here. So um, even the I have an idea. Yeah, what's up? You know what you could do? You could do a PFT pool for each episode. And maybe someone, some people will buy them, maybe, maybe not, but you would announce it a few weeks in advance, essentially, however long you're scheduling them. And you, you would slice a new PFT pool using Pele, and then that, those would be the sponsors. Anyone that has a PFT, you're going to shout out as a sponsor, basically. That could be one way you use it, and, you, and it would just keep going, keep going, keep going, and you would essentially delete them. You would, they would expire after each episode is released. But and that would be a little less on like the hype marketing side, but maybe not. If there's a big name coming, you could say, "Hey, you know, there's going to be a lot of views on this next one because this person's famous. Uh, we're going to sell these PFTs, and essentially the market takes care of it. You put it in a liquidity pool, and then people would essentially will pay what they want because there's a limited supply. So it's a way for you guys to make some money for what you're doing, and. Who knows if you do put some kind of surprise auction in there or something, then that gives an incentive to them. I'll give you a reading. You could do a reading. You could say anyone, you know, with at least 10 of these PFTs on any project, you know, it doesn't have to be live. But if you have a if we have a record of you having at least 10, we get a free reading. Totally. So there's a lot of ways to do this, which is why cryptocurrency is so cool, because we only have one application for it. And the whole Pele protocol, you know, can have infinite interfaces. Anyone, you guys could make your own app that uses the Pele protocol and you could call it something different. I mean, at the end of the day, people cashing out or whatever would have to go through Pele, but you could just make your own tokens inside, call them whatever you want. I mean, that's already what, what you would do on our platform, but anyone could create their own app that focused on, I always use journalism. So say, say you want to fix journalism. Someone could fund an app using Pele and a journalist could say, hey, I have this story I really want to start. Here are a few of the leads I have, a few of the documents. Uh, here's how much money I need to start. I'm selling 20% of the PFTs. 
So 20% gets sold at their price, they can get started now. And then maybe at a certain point, they, 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 you got to keep showing that you're doing it, right? You got to make sure that people, that, you know, something is going. At a certain point, they might say, hey, I need more money, we're doing this, or hey, I need help. Anyone in this spot uh, of the world, I need you to take a selfie video uh, in this city and tell me what's going on during this natural disaster, right? Because the centralized media is just showing death and destruction, but we want to know what the real people think. So there's so many different ways to use this to incentivize people to participate. Uh, we, are, we have group mode upload, basically. So in that case, you would just copy and paste the ID for that project for the natural disaster in the city, copy and paste it, upload it, and boom, that, that journalist is going to have your footage for the story. And whatever incentives they offer, you get. And the idea isn't just PFT's incentive. It isn't just Pele tokens. It could be a badge. It could be just a networking feature. And one thing I had forgotten to mention is an escrow. So you could theoretically also make an escrow. Say I want to make a movie, a bigger project, and say I have you know, an extra $5,000 to start it with, but I need to raise, like, I need 25,000. So I would put $5,000 in an escrow and say, okay, this, this is gonna be there. So anyone that buys enough PFTs to help me raise the $25,000 I need, even if the shit hits the fan and the worst case scenario and this whole project dies, you guys will have access to that $5,000. So you won't have lost all your money. At least you'll have a little something coming back in the worst case scenario. And that also leaves another option for when the project's over. Say there's no revenue shares to be had, there's no badges. Maybe some people are just cashing out back into cash because there wasn't a chance to sell or they're, you know, the, the, the incentives never resonated with them. They can still cash back out into the cash in the escrow. So the idea here is win, 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 win all over the place. Like Patreon is a great concept, but it's still centralized. They could still censor you. Yeah, they still they take a fee. They still take a fee. And it doesn't incentivize. I mean, sure. There's no networking t-shirt. technically. It seems like little individual reality tunnels as opposed to this is like, let's cook jambalaya. What do you got? And it's a disconnect. You don't get that interaction with the creator. You just are sending money to a face on a screen. And then you're just one of 100,000 faces or however many of them collecting a paycheck. Although from what I understand, I think even on Patreon, because I recently looked at these kind of options, they started introducing like some kind of ranking order and stuff. So just to, I'm not sure if you're aware of it. They started this is a trend. in that direction. They'll, be, have, they'll course, have a cryptocurrency soon too. They'll have it. But of course, uh, you're ahead of the wave, dude. systemically speaking, got- there will be no competition because as you very well know, decentralized and distributed systems always win. So I'm very much looking forward to you taking all their market share. If, if the, if the, thanks. If they're smart, they'll decentralize. So a good a good example is uh, Shapeshift. That was a company slash platform where you could easily exchange your Bitcoin for any other altcoin or whatever. Exchange any coin for any coin. And for a long time, it was just like super private. You could just do it. And uh, they made it possible. Okay, rewind. Uh, at some stage, I think in 2016 or 17, because of regulation, they had to start implementing know your customer. So they had to know who you were before you did it. And they hated it. The founder, Eric Voorhees, is like, I can't do this. Like morally, it's wrong. So they, they figured out how to make a decentralized exchange or how to use a different one. I'm pretty sure he's behind it, but no one knows exactly who's behind ThorChain. And ThorChain is a decentralized exchange for changing out your coins. And then you can put your money in a liquidity pool to help with liquidity for an asset and you can receive a percentage of all the transaction fees. 
So it incentivizes people to help other people exchange their money. Uh, once again, there's never really a sale. There's just swaps. So it's really complex territory, I think, for these antiquated regulations. But basically what happened with Shapeshift recently is they made what's called a Fox token because their logo was always like a Fox. And they started distributing them and giving them to you every time you used Shapeshift. And so now the Fox tokens are sufficiently distributed. They're able to dissolve the company completely. They're going to make the whole thing completely decentralized. So anyone that works for them, anyone that's participating, everything is happening through their Fox token. All the governance, you know, you could, if you have the Fox, you can submit a proposal, say how much you need, say what you want to do. And if enough people vote yes, then you're going to get those funds to, to, to build something. And then same thing as any other DAO, like Pele Network, there's going to be badges, reputation systems. So then people can know, okay, this guy has submitted a whole bunch of proposals and he's done a good job. So, you know, we can trust them or, hey, this is, you know, someone new. Maybe we should be wary before we give them too much money, but it like looks fire festival or whatever. It's like, that didn't quite go according to play. Let's not invest in Ja Rule or whoever anymore. I never watched that. Oh, it's fascinating <laughs> sociologically, just at that level alone. It's like, wow, look at the opportunity for experience we have uh all mm -hmm. the clarities out here um i'm actually really because it's in domains that i'm not comfortable with economics and digital currencies and realities that i'm just not prone to dwell in so this is kind of like i'm on a boat in a sea that i don't know kind of like uh 13th warrior i feel like morgan freeman or no he was in a uh, robin hood i guess i'm conflating stories i guess it was um but he's, or I'm digressing. Anyway, the point is, I feel like I'm out of my waters, but I'm attracted to the idea of this. I sense the flow going this way, ultimately. And it really does seem, um, just by what little I'm rocking, I mean, I looked at the website, the art's great. It's very, um, it doesn't burn your eyes. Like, I really like the color palette. Good job. Um, because it still pops, but it's not like, oh my God, I like, where am I when you look away? Um, so there's very simple aesthetic choices you've made that are good and uh, helpful. Um, but I guess... Yeah, the thing that appeals to me most is probably the networking thing where it's like, look, I've got a lot of ideas. And if I just pay to play a little and put out an idea in a way, um, all the parasites and negative polarization of this, but all the critters that need to be a part of the project. I mean, Jim Henson had a great idea or whatever, Dark Crystal. And it's like, I need puppeteers. I need this. I need that. And it takes a lot of people to make a really good vision happen. Grateful Dead. It's like lighting, sound, vendors, what you know, it's like all sorts of shit. Um, to make the entity, uh, it reminds me of Pink Floyd, um, Welcome to the Machine, or it's like, uh, not Welcome to the Machine, Have a Cigar, where it's like, we could all, this could be a monster if we all pulled together as a team. I mean, that's right. the whole point. So it's that's like, instead of going to these big wigs who don't know us, and they're like, who's Pink? And it's like, you don't even have a vested interest in our, of spirit in the game, essentially. Um, this allows people to participate at a, dare I say, a spiritual level. It's kind of weird, um, because it's new to my head, but I feel like this makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Um, so I'm, I'm like, yo, I just lost my job. How can I help? Uh, I'm not very qualified in a lot of things, but, um, I'm, it, that's just my litmus. I'm like, oh, this excites me. I mean, Jesus, I sound like Bashar. It's like, this excites me. And I don't know why, because it's out of my expertise, but it seems between your cogency of presentation and probably where I understand intuitively where this is going, um, seems like a winner, whether it becomes, you know, the biggest thing ever, I don't know, but I think this is important important dare, dare i say that it's an important part of the progression of evolution of technology creative interface economic exchange like there's a lot of things going on at once and instead of just being like 
I mean, it, it's fine that there was a period where people were just like, you know, here's my money. I'm going to the movie or whatever. It's like, yo, you can create Bohemian Grove. I was going to say Bohemian Pockets, um, almost like uh, New York in Greenwich Village or whatever. You can create little creative pockets that all of a sudden can actually self-sustain, it seems, as opposed to being like, we'll work for food. It's like, yo, just swap around a little and we hype each other up and that's cool. People do this anyway. I mean, I do it. Everyone does yeah. this. It so. just gives you the technology to maybe do what we're already doing anyhow, just like you're mentioning. It's and anyways, it. it's yeah. super inefficient to work for money or whatever. I mean, we know that by now and no one likes it. You know, it's bad work and all of that. And if everyone actually is invested and wants to contribute and wants to see it happen, you get a completely different dimension of quality, I would say. And it's showing. It's showing. You know, you mentioned a spiritual... Uh, I think you said evolution or something, but yeah, there's a spiritual counterpart, a spiritual foundation to all of this because, you know, I do think if back with perception travel, we had this vision of an app that got all of society to be excited to go make videos with their neighbors, having a good time or a video with a local business. And by being able to provide the tools that someone may not have like editing skills, but they can go and follow a guide to do the video then they can feel like, cool, I got to contribute to a local business and support someone that, you know, I consider my friend and then the local business gets a video. And then, you know, who knows what happens from there, but this free, this sharing of information through video, I think is so important and so powerful. And, and there need, yeah, all this time, there just needed to be some kind of underlying incentive mechanism, which, yeah, at first, way back when I thought it would need to be something to do with money, but now I'm learning it, it took a lot of spiritual development on part two to understand that you really do have to let go and just jump into the community aspect of it and forget about a potential lack of resources, potential like, oh, no, we're running out of money. What are we going to do? I mean, I had to learn that in my life as a traveler anyway. But now as like the guy focalizing the, the growth of this project, it's the same thing. I'm like, we're just full steam ahead. And when there's no more money, we're still full steam ahead. Uh, we just don't use money anymore. And then whoever doesn't work anymore because they need money, okay, so be it. Uh, you know, or they'll keep working because they know money, more money will come to, to get them paid. And so it's turning into that kind of vibe, which I think is really special. Uh, I think that's the way to truly decentralize stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this has been done in the same sense a lot of these decentralized projects purely use the tokens and everyone's online and fairly anonymous, like who they are. And it's decentralized in the technological sense. But we, you know, we're a registered DAO, decentralized autonomous organization in Wyoming. So we're actually a legal entity that is governed by a smart contract, technically speaking. So it's pretty neat that we kind of get to bridge that world, bridge these two worlds also in the legal space which I'm hoping one day we'll be comfortable to actually try to get in the mainstream press for that. Uh, once our message has kind of shifted, as we learn about who the users will be, our message will kind of shift away from, you know, down with big tube, you know, and, you know, decentralize the media, which is where we're at now, because we're just trying to get this vision out there to make the team. But eventually it'll be more about like, who's using this and why, and let's sell it to them. You know, let's make sure they, so at that stage, the mainstream media, can advertise us and not know that it's uh, not know that it's 
going to bring their downfall, I guess. Although they're bringing their own downfall. That's another game of the ego. We're acting like, oh, us building this and working in decentralization, you know, we're going to bring down these Their systems are bringing down themselves. They just prove themselves so incompetent. It's crazy. Like, just look at the pandemic, right? Look at the pandemic, the media, look at the stock market, look at the Federal Reserve, look at all these institutions. They're just showing how incompetent they all are to run society. And they're not trying to but the veil is being lifted and it's a beautiful thing because it's been so natural and very smooth. No bloodshed. Like Before I kind of ask you random philosophical questions about this a little and maybe inspirations, Raphael, is there anything you want to ask him or should I just jump into my dumb questions that are coming to my brain? Because I'm like, oh, I got ideas, but it, is it not going to be talking about the technical part of this? I don't want to jump off that ship so much so quickly. Um, well, it's almost uh, like... Uh, we get to look into the, you know, Steve Jobs before Apple got big kind of vibe. I'm like, all right, so, you know, how does festival life play into this? It seems like you've traveled and done festivals. Maybe that's importing into here in a sense. Um, and I was also going to say something about communism, but I forgot what. Anyway, <laughs> uh, communalism is cool. Communism is kind of weird. Here's the thing. I think communism, the idea of it could actually work if it was based on a smart contract. <laughs> like I, I, I I, I haven't really like studied communism that much, right? But I think you could actually, you're muted. I think you could actually run a pretty like socialist type of, of collective society pretty well. I think, I feel like it's always just human error, like human corruption and greed that fucks these things up. You know, I, not to get into political talk, but you know, I think the kind of discussion on these different isms of how economies work could be shifted based on this decentralized revolution. Like like a good thing that came, or not a good thing, I think recently, I think China, the other day, I'm not very much into news generally, but China was like, we think some people are making too much. I mean, clearly they're gonna think this, but like we should put caps on this. I'm kind of wondering, do you feel, I, I know you might have a personal philosophy or ethic that says, I'm, this is how, I'll be happy when I get this. I don't need to just crush skulls all day long and you know, be Mr. Burns about it. Um, do you think that, how do you see yourself not becoming meet the new boss same as the old boss, I guess? Is my yeah, opinion. so we talked about this earlier. You would love these two for your show, actually. They would probably love to do it. But we were talking to these artists on Zillica, Dr. Death. They were, we were saying, how great would it be to have all this wealth? Because imagine what we could accomplish in the world, right? Now, I don't know, I can't. Which is a very different motivation than just like, I'm a dragon on a gold pile which tended to be what it was for a long time. Yeah, so I look think- Look at my gold pile, I'm a powerful person. Like, um, it's a wonderful life. It's like, that guy is the bank owner and he owns all the houses. And, you know, it's very centralized, like we're saying. So I'm guessing, I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off. How do we prevent becoming the thing that you're running from while using the system so similarly, like, you know, valuation? Well, first off, I'm not running from anything. I'm I'm aiming to transform these mentalities, I think. Better said, better said. Uh, for maybe a new generation, if it's not possible for an older generation, but you know, there's a, there's an old saying that completely just, I lost it, but um, imagine what we could get done. So, you know, energy is like water, like including money energy, right? If it's not moving, it gets stagnant. I just, I be, I've always believed that it's hard to perceive it in any other way. And so maybe it coincides with some greater shift in the stars but but this these concepts of wealth i think are eventually going to even out as we notice how unimportant it is to really 
I mean, if I had a bunch of money, for example, and my needs were met, I was living comfortably stewarding a nice piece of land somewhere where I could, you know, get all my needs met through my own labor, my own hands as much as possible. Where would I put, where would I put that extra wealth? Would I sit on it? No, it would go somewhere. Now, what, that's a liquidity pool that I gain transactions on and passive income. Yeah, probably some of it there, but a large part of it would be investments. I mean, look at me now. I don't have a house. I don't have anything. And we're still investing. You know, my, my wife and I like are still investing cryptocurrency into, into this project because we believe in it. And it's really important. And I think I definitely don't believe I'm the only one in the crypto space that has done similar things and all these games are coming in and people put their money in these projects that they believe in. And it's just freaking incredible that you'll actually get returns on that too, because that's the future. It's beyond profit or nonprofit. It's just, it's just decentralized. Everyone wins. And like it used to be donate to charity for a tax write-off or some shit. Now it's like, no, just be part of that DAO that's trying to enhance that area. And you add liquidity to their token, they're going to have a whole bunch more money that they can use to fund their efforts. And like, it's never been easier, right? It's never been easier, like, technologically speaking, right, to, to make a lot of these really cool endeavors happen. And they're taking off. They're really taking off right now. And we'll never be able to know the true extent of it. I would like to know a lot of it. That's why I'm trying to build a media collective ecosystem so people can share it. Let's share that those stories and let's inspire one another. But that's how I don't think we're running from anything. I think we're transforming it. And I don't think it's in the ethos of this, of this movement to just sit on a bunch of wealth. It just doesn't make sense. If you, no, sit, you, on it, if you sit on it, it won't multiply. Like, why would you do that? Like, right. I mean, that's the whole point of Jesus with the talents. This like meta, it's like, I'm giving you a little, what do you do with it? If you just bury it, it's like. Well, I take that back. Traditional bank accounts and IRAs or whatever, I guess there is a small annual percentage return you would get. Now, yeah. whether or not that would, whether or not that would combat inflation, I don't know. <laughs> uh, all I know is that the returns on a cryptocurrency governance staking are a lot higher. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm going to definitely be showing this podcast to my brother and other people because I'm like, this isn't, I don't, I feel almost like uh, Jack from Titanic where I'm like, I don't know what America's about, but I'll get on the ship. Hopefully I don't die. Um, but it's, it seems like a good idea, dare I say. I mean, I, I don't usually get sold out onto an idea very without knowing much about it, but this feels like I heard a kiss album and now I'm going to wear the makeup or something like that. It's like, okay, cool. I'm in. Uh, I don't know how Raphael feels because I think this could actually fill a lot of gaps. I mean, I'm just seeing a lot of things from uh, just from a creative standpoint where it's like, you don't have to go to fucking LA and be in this school for these connections. Now it's just put your product out there, incentivize it enough. But basically the novelty of the object itself will probably between that and the um, kind of PFT thing you were talking about, will incentivize the moths to come to the flame. And then all of a sudden just, you know, you have a swarm and there you have a product. So, you know what they say? Like a good idea, a good idea never has, problems propagating right like don't they say that <laughs> they do now <laughs> <laughs> yeah well at least after the illusion is shattered i would say you know i think there is a saying like initially the light there's also a saying which says the light travels half the world before the truth sees the light of day but kind of when it comes out of course it is invincible so here we are you know um yeah well okay 
You want, okay, let's get trippy real quick because you guys would appreciate this. I read this book and it was crowdfunded. I read it earlier this year. At the same time, I was reading Terrence McKenna again. I haven't read him in years, but I kind of got on a mushroom kick and I was reading True Hallucinations where him and his brother and some friends go down to Colombia to do ayahuasca, but they basically get sucked up into the mushroom vortex and Terrera, I believe. La Terrera. Like, yeah, Sacramento. I found the key, multidimensional shot. Very Dude. interesting story. Very interesting story, right? So basically they talk about how he, he explains how, and I need to read it again because when I was in the space, it's all clear, right? But I'm so far away from that space right now. It's kind of like a dream. But they when you're on the in the psilocybin realm, you can perceive essentially time. And they call it like a silver liquid or whatever. That's also comes up in ayahuasca shaman stories, supposedly. None that I've heard, but he claims to have heard them. Anyway, the silvery liquid... Uh, but they also see it as like a fog and they basically can perceive it, especially when there's a, a group of them. They can see like, for example, the fog coming down the road should take 10 minutes. It comes in one minute while they're on the psilocybin because they're like a, a fire of this energy, whatever it is, uh, to that to that dimension of time. So take that however you will. It makes no sense. But uh, so anyway, uh, it, they talk about that, that, that like molecule uh maybe not a molecule but this element that we don't perceive but we live in it it's time we're living in time right so time is here it's just a matter of how we're perceiving it uh and from where so what we were saying like truth comes to light whatever you said Raphael. like the when does light get here because it light isn't here until it reaches from the sun right and that takes time or from the stars takes even longer so I read this book, it's crowdfunded, I forget the guy's name, but he's great, and it's called Slipstreams, an intro to time hacking, okay? I don't even know where I got this book. I think I got it off the Pirate Bay or something, like a collection of- I'm in. I'm like, Dude, oh, this sounds yeah. great. Yeah, and uh, I actually did find his name after, and I, I paid for it just because I was like, this is such good content, right? Like, So he crowdfunded this book, a blog. He was a, he was, yeah. he was a, he was a physicist. Uh, working in quantum physics or something like that. And he just started to have these observations. And so he decided to crowdfund a self-help book that he called Slipstreams, an intro to time hacking. And basically what these slipstreams are is like these portals we can enter as humans. So his example is, okay, he's 22 years old. He's out of college. He has a bunch of debt. Debt that would generally take him until he's 40 to pay off. Okay, college debt, classic North American you know, United States situation. He falls in love with a woman who he doesn't know it at the time. Turns out she's in a great financial situation. They get married. He's not in debt anymore. He had entered a slipstream that was essentially almost 20 years. So what would have taken him 20 years to arrive at, he now had that freedom within a couple years, thanks to that marriage. That marriage had allowed him to enter a slipstream. The idea for Microsoft put Bill Gates in a slipstream that most people will never understand. The amount of life that the that we live when we're through a slipstream and on the other side is exponentially more than the life we lived before because we were living slower. Now, we're all here in the 3D. We see each other as meat and we see each other moving and talking. And here we are communicating with linguistic symbols, linguistic objects and machine elves and <laughs> Here we are, yet we all live in the same realm of time. So imagine that based on our decisions and our intentions and where we're putting our energy 
and having a clear vision at the end, like where do I want to come out when I step out the other side of this portal? This is another great way to use the Zodiac calendar, right? The end of February, March, start figuring out where you're at and go like, okay, we're entering Aries. By the time we spit out Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, like this is where I'm going to be. You, you, just, you decide what that slipstream is in terms of yourself as a person and what that reality outside you looks like. And it's, I mean, we're going to find out, but so far I'm, I'm proving to myself that it's very, very possible. I've always lived with intentions. I've always lived with knowing that whatever I need will manifest itself like whenever is necessary. But reading this book, put it in terms of more like science, where he's basically saying when we're following these passions like from our heart, we're moving at a faster speed that we can't tell if we're just talking to each other in 3D, but we know it because suddenly there's more time in the day. You know, you have a nine to five job and you, there's no time, right? You're tired and, you know, there's only enough time to maybe cook dinner. You go out to eat. There's not enough time. But when you're doing what you love, you're following your heart and you have the attention, suddenly you're, you, there's time to be bored, right? I've been thriving more than different. Yeah. I've been thriving more than I've ever thrived in my life, yet I have more, and I have a baby, I have a one and a half year old, I'm reading more fantasy books than I've read in years. Like, and that is like up there on the waste of times there with watching Netflix, you know? But I love it. <laughs> and I, I gotta have a good point. I'm not hating at all. Uh, in a sense, that's exactly what, I mean, I- well, This I'm is how it's of, done. Yeah. This is how we do it. Um, I mean, it's about having fun. And it's weird because it shifts the economy because things we love to do will never feel like we're wasting our time. We'll never feel like it's, you know, it just, and whether it's a transcendental object at the end of time or whatever's going on, um, we get pulled more to the origination of the heart, which is what I'm saying, this transcendental object. So I actually do think it make, I mean, it's a lot like the, uh, how would I put it, the monolith in 2001, where it's like, some apes touch this and launch. Uh, that's where man comes from. And if you touch it on the moon, you're going to launch to Jupiter. It's like, there's certain things in time that cause change in a spectral way, I guess you could put it. So like the, um, the opportunities available to all, but like you're saying about corporations and execs who are kind of just like boomers or whatever, however we want to kind of term this, not that they're all going to think that way um, because I'm not an ageist like that, but there's going to be people who just are like, you know what? I'm happy on the East coast. I have no clue what these wild people going to San Francisco for the gold rush are all about, but the people with that in their heart want to find the manifestation of that excitement, I guess you could put it. And then they find the opportunities that slipstream them there. And, and they found they, gold motherfuckers. Yeah. On the ground. <laughs> Yeah, right. So Yeah, um, and that's what's happening. All these people getting into crypto are striking gold. You know, not everyone. And some people are doing it with really bad intentions and causing problems. But like for the most part, and if I use myself as an example, you know, I've tried to purify my heart and my motives for years, for as long as I've been able to be uh, observant of myself. I've been trying to give back. I I like the ideas of capitalism, for example, because I do think the business you put out there, if it's needed you know, and it's valued, it'll, it'll be reflected, you know, in, in, in your profits, so to speak. And I think that is, it, it is the most accurate, like, ism for an economy uh, that corresponds to my, I guess, more spiritual beliefs of how I live on this planet and how, yeah, I think it would be really cool if more people lived with the collective at the forefront of their actions as opposed to just themselves. And I think when we do shift into that, 
all that wealth and material gain that we seek by putting ourselves first will still come. And it'll come in a, a lot less restricted and it'll come with a lot less like strings attached. Uh, but you have to let go of it. You have to not be seeking it, which is so cliche. Looked like you were going to say something, Raphael. He always looks like that. <laughs> no, well, I think it's uh, perfect, perfectly correct. Uh, the, the way you're putting it and there will be this this shift and it's very obvious that you're at the very forefront of that and it may even be you know these transition technologies to actually uh, provide an interface for let's say the world many of us already have within our hearts anyhow and we just need right. some kind of a transition make it believable call it pft make a hundred thousand badges honestly <laughs> ultimately i don't care whatever it takes you know <laughs> in this positive type you know and uh yeah, start sharing and uh, collaborating and actually, like you said, ecosystem, allowing the energy to remain within that system and not having everything siphoned off and also having everyone care more about the collective because if everywhere it's nice, you know, and everyone has enough, then, you know, it's just so simple. Anyone who can think systemically, but the benefit that you can gain by applying your energy in a way that is not only beneficial for you, but for the grander society, everyone doing that just a little bit, and we will live in a completely different world. And uh, We live in a shared hallucination, right? It's all just a shared Anyways, hallucination. Yes. <laughs> it's all just a dream, and we're all creating it together. So I create it for myself, like in front of my eyes. Yeah, I watch the news or whatever, and suddenly I'm scared. Everything's shitty. But here in real life, like everything's freaking incredible. And so that's the other thing is that there's these networks, these webs out there of just darkness that are trying to capture you so you live programmed by fear. So you don't feel empowered. So you're always scared of not having enough money. So you're not doing what you love. You're not entering slipstreams. You don't even have the capacity to recognize what a slipstream would be. That's what these fear program webs do. And I really like how naturally these new technologies are sucking us out of that suck me out of it, like straight out of it. I never thought I'd ever have money. I was like, I'm gonna be poor for, not poor, I never thought I was poor, but I was like, I'm just gonna vagabond forever and just scrape by and figure it out. And then suddenly, you know, Bitcoin's worth a bunch of money. Oh, wow, I can invest in a business, what? I can buy a house, what? And suddenly there goes my fear programming, right? My mentality. The trick to me though is to hold the spirit of the climate that you had before the wealth and to perpetuate it into your new climate. That's kind of what I'm saying. Because in a weird way, and this is going to sound weird because I don't know you, we've never hung out. I guess we're friends. I mean, I would say I trust you in a weird way. I, I would hope that um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It seems like um, the spirit behind what you're doing is admirable and right and true. It's like It's like Buddhist stuff. Um, it kind of reminds me of Jesus at the, there's this well, there's this guy who's been there for 30 years or whatever the story says. And it's like, he's like, all you have to do is get up and get in the slipstream, basically. It's like, it's a choice. Yeah. You've, you've bought into the story that you're crippled. Like, have you tried other avenues? Like, have you tried getting up? Um, so it's weird because, um, how would I put it? I mean, I think I, most people would have the same story if they realized they could tell it themselves. We would have very similar stories on a on a societal level which will help with understanding i mean this is kind of the it's weird because we've been held in in scarcity so long and then like this hoop jumping just to feel and with advertising and all sorts of weird stuff this is where i kind of get irksome about the whole 
uh, at a level of the philosophy of like, you know, uh, like if you're this cool, you get to come to the table at this table, but if you can't come to this, like it, we'll get past it at one point. We're not there yet, but it seems at a level we've been prime primarily triggered to slough it out largely in a, in a way we don't like to try to minimally apprehend taste that uh, we see projected to us as what we should expect for ourselves. If that makes sense. So it's like, why do I think I should have a I mean, in a sense, I don't need, I don't have the karma nor whatever of Jay-Z. Why would I expect that of myself? Um, and then when you're not tracing it as this kind of ego thing where it's like, I need to be that, I need to be that. Uh, there, You could still use money. You could still have power, I guess you could say it, um, or influence. You could still have all these things, but it seems like you haven't put the cart before the horse. A lot of people do that. Like a lot of people are like, this is a great idea. Now let's crush skulls and make money. I did it. I've done that. Yeah, you got to well, learn I from can it. See the, yeah, I know. I feel like <laughs> I trust your process. Does that make sense? I'm like, you're not perfect. I get that. But I think you're authentic. And that's really more interesting to me than somebody who has it all together. You're you're actually doing better to me than Bill Gates or whatever, even though you're not on the ledgers like that, right? I really um, appreciate you saying that. That means a lot. No, really, Thank you. Yeah, to be received that way. And I don't... I hope I never come off and sound like arrogant for that. But like the truth is, I have had to learn to be proud of myself and to just accept that. You know, like I've I've been working really hard, and it was really hard for a long time to just accept accept that. Like like the other day, someone like things were really low on the you know in our bank account, and things were moving forward, and I was like, oh fuck. And I had set the intention like we need to bring in some more money to this project some way somehow. And it happened, right? Like magic, right? Beautiful. And I went on a run the next day and I was, you know, pretty stoned. And there was just a moment, I'm running up this hill and I just shouted in glee, you know, like a kid, like woohoo. And like, and I realized, and I started crying after. I'm like, I never do this. I never just celebrate and allow myself to feel like the child in me that's so excited and proud of myself. Like I can, I'm allowed to feel proud of myself. And that's something that I never felt before. Like I'm allowed to. And that, that kind of opened up at the same time as all of this just started vibing together. And as coming back to the process itself, coming back to the process itself, it's been, sorry, so I'm coming with the baby. Um, Life happens. We're not here. Yeah. But the, pro the process itself has all kind of syncopated. I mean, I, I lost my track a little bit as far as the process you went. You glee. It's well, though, just before that, just everything leading up to it, making mistakes, not being perfect. We were talking about that earlier today. Like, what is life if you're not if you're perfect? There's not life anymore. You know, then then essentially you're dead. Uh, life is about the challenge and about development and about how you respond to triggers and how you respond to adversity and challenges. That's what life is for. It'll never end. It'll never end. But the, the more you can just like be open to it and just allow yourself to be vulnerable when the time it comes, then for me, I felt like it's really helped me handle a lot of things. Now I'm playing a role. Like once again, this is a community thing. It's not like a company. I don't like to say I'm a CEO. I'm playing that role for now. I'm not a CEO. You know, I'm a fucking hippie. Like I'm an artist. I'm like, you know, that's not me, but it's fun to be able to be this, to play that role as like the responsible, I don't know, to play that role. And I would never be able to play it if I hadn't gotten the ego out of the way.
because before I, w- I wanted to be the CEO, right? I wanted to wear the crown or I wanted to have a title. Or I wanted to prove something to myself or prove something to the world. And maybe we need to be grateful for those things that are silly later on, but they put you on a track, right? The ego intuitively puts you on a track. You have to lose the ego at some stage, but puts you on a track where you're like, I think I need to be doing this. Why? We'll find out. Well, as we've been talking, Uranus has gone retrograde. Um, so Shit. Sense, no, that's not a bad thing. I mean, in a way, it's like whatever. <laughs> but I'm saying it's, I mean, I'll just briefly say what this app just told me. It's like it's revolution kind of, recalled. <laughs> well, no, opportunities to get in touch with your body, freedom in relationships. Like we're actually going to kind of ground instead of being like, well, like in a sense, we've been going like 10 steps forward. And now we're kind of going to like look at things a little more. Um, we're going to pony up the wagons instead of just always going hardcore to the West Coast or whatever. Um, developing it, but the challenges are developing a, an abundance mindset and overcoming fear of lack. I know I'm dealing with that. I have more cash right now than I've ever had in my life, and I'm like, I don't want to fuck this up. I should probably finish my degree. Oh my god, what should I? Do? Like, I'm in a weird place. Um, Come join Pele, man. No, Council's open. Down. I saw tokens. <laughs> I saw the fucking you know the big tube monster. I don't have that much liquidity to throw around, but I'm gonna get on that today. Like last time you came on, I got a crypto wallet. This time I'm gonna get in on your shit. Like I think you're. Thank you, thank you so much, character. Wild Gorshan. You know, you can imagine yeah. it took me, took me about three years. You know, so you're the catalyst. <laughs> He's a <Libra>. you know? <laughs> hey, just to be clear, just be clear, you don't need money to participate in Pele. There's no investment required. Everyone's welcome. No, but welcome. I saw some of the uh, PFTs and NFT stuff. It's like, hey, get this. It's fun. Yeah, this stuff. Yeah. Um, no, it looks like a lot of fun. I think Raphael, we should be having chats with him on the regs just outside of the podcast. He's a well, cool for guy. sure. We can definitely keep like when we go live, we're going to have some projects already on there so people can participate. So let's get down the rabbit hole on there. Let's do some test runs. I'm going to try to have as much diversity as possible. Um, it's tricky because the community is probably going to be putting money in is all blockchain crypto people, nerds, as we call Raphael ourselves. Phil. It's all good. In a sense, like Jim Henson's crew had to be made up of puppeteer fans. But at some level, he's using Brian Froud art in direction who has nothing to do with puppetry. And, you know, it's it's crazy. Um, But I actually dare I say I believe in what you're doing. All Um, we can say is I I can say is trust in synchronicity, you know, so it will. um, And it seems you're on the right wave anyways. And even collectively speaking, so. You know, you know, you know, you're in a, you know, you're in a vortex when like your everything about your life is uh, in line with Bitcoin's bull run. (laughs) Right. That's a that's a powerful vortex. You know, that's huge. And you know, we'll have bootstrapped. We'll have bootstrapped this whole thing thanks to the bull run, and we'll be alive after it's over. You know, we'll be able to pass these next four years figuring it out. Uh, But we'll use all this hype and all this capital to get started. And it's pretty cool because it's not just us forcing something in a world that doesn't want to see these kinds of values succeed. It's just hopping on the wave, baby. It's all yeah, manifest destiny, but in like a non-territory, racist, weird colonialism way or whatever. And it's like, infinite. It's yeah, also infinite. Yeah. Definitely. I'm all about it, dude. Um, I want to call you Jordan, but I'm forgetting what you wanted to be called. Uh, what was the name? Wild Gorchan. Wild Gorgia, thank you. I was like, I don't have this written down. Uh, help, um, but we've got to get you on. Talk about the music. Talk about your creative endeavors. I mean, we get some stuff going on, on a lot of levels. Um, I'm stoked that you're. I mean, you have the personality. 
Um, and you managed wisdom. to inspire Jim. Thank you so yeah, much. No, I mean, it happens. You never know. So, um, no, I did acid last full moon in uh, for the first time in a year on the last full moon in Aquarius. We've got one coming up. Congratulations. Two full moons in Aquarius. Yeah, I know. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'll oh, be, in a few I'll days now. And thinking about this. Like, I'm just like, Maybe all those too. I think I have oh, some. Oh, God. We'll meet, in, we'll meet in La Chirera 2.0 or whatever. I don't really uh, like acid. It hurts my stomach. Is that weird? That's funny. Do you prefer mushrooms? Because I'm on the exact flip. Yeah. I'm like, acid's clear, calm, and under control. To be so honest, that's... these days I just prefer ayahuasca, but I haven't been able to make it to the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, we got you got to get on here more than once a year. Let's put it that way. And uh, however yeah, I can sure. get involved, I'll be looking into it. I'm going to be showing this to my friends and family and stuff and being like, yo, this. Oh. oh no, 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 I'm going to get you. i got to get you guys so on excited. our podcast. I gotta get you on your pele- on our pelicast to uh, introduce you guys. We're gonna do a whole series of that. Awesome, great! We're super excited. This already means we gotta get on the platform, which we'll do. I was thinking about anyhow because I was like, we need not that we really need anything, but there's always ways to evolve. And I just saw, oh, you're launching something now, and it's obviously you know the accumulation and the manifestation of all that you had done before. And I was like, hmm, this will be interesting. And also, I'll definitely share this post shout out to Xavier Hawk and uh, Thyron. And I really, really Sweet. think that you should be talking. I'm not sure if that happened already, but I'm putting it down here now as well, because he's also super on the forefront in terms of cryptocurrency development. And Oh, uh, I should be talking having... with them. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Because I really, I really think that you would have a few things to share in terms of how to be on the forefront of the, the, the vanguard, you know, of this whole movement. That's just my, you know, synchronistic impression. Do with it what you will. And uh, yeah, I guess, Jim, in this case, your scheduling is almost up. So I'd ask you, Wild Gershan, for any any parting statements or anything. Yeah, fi- find us at uh, Pele Network on, tr- on Twitter. Then I just made a Odyssey channel. So Pele Network, P-E-L-E Network. And then uh, we have a Telegram group uh, called Get You Some Pele. And that's for discussions. We also have an announcement group. Uh, we can put it in uh, your channel if anyone wants to join. And uh, yeah, I, you can see some of my music on Spotify as Gorshan. And I'm working on another album, actually, that I'm going to be releasing using our platform. So sweet. more on that soon. Yeah. No, Thanks we'll for having you. me, guys. A lot of fun. You're yeah. an inspiration and a friend Thanks, that I haven't met yet. That's how it feels. Like I'm like, oh, yeah. this is still triumph. We've just been waiting for the ice to break on the fucking apocalypse. Let's work out through this shit. Um, yeah. But yeah, a lot of uh, it does take a lot to get me. Not a lot, but it's like I sense the energy behind this, and I'd rather be a part of it than not. Like, there's a lot of things I'm like, oh, that's cool, but whatever. This is like, oh, word. Like, I'm, yeah, well, I let's talk. Let's talk this yeah, weekend. Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll that's be what I'm saying. Exact them all. So. Thank, Thank you, you so much for giving us your time and energy. Uh, hopefully people mm-hmm. are as, you know, illumined and inspired as I feel right now. Where I'm just like, I don't know where I'm going, but my covered wagon's packed, bitches. Let's go that way. Um, I love this Oregon Trail metaphor. Keep, uh, keep rolling. Let's not get this into me, right? <laughs> like, oh, God, I can't afford the river. I need more Bitcoin. Um, but no, we'll be fine. We'll figure it out. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for giving us your energy. Have fun with the baby. It was even cool hearing the uh, opera the singing lessons next door. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you don't love that all the time, but I thought it was rather synchronistic if you ever listened back to this. Which no, I love it because it means I get free singing lessons. Yeah. Touche. She was hitting some <laughs> Michael J notes, bro. She was up there. That was my. I couldn't hear it at all. That's why probably I'm shouting. Like I have these headphones no, you're, on. You're cool. Uh, have a good all night. Guys. Enjoy the kid. And we'll talk soon.
Aloha. Thank you very much. And thanks everyone for listening or watching. Thank you.